Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Today I'm going to talk about the responsibility of a believer. And I'm going to just talk about where this message is coming from because we need to realize and understand where it's coming from for us to be able to take dressing on how to both receive it and then walk with it to make a change. Are you with me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me properly? All right. And so I'm going to be giving a background to this message. How many of us want to go to heaven? How many of us want to go to heaven? Let me see your hand. Okay. Thank you. You're not wrong. You're correct. How many of us have ever wondered why? Okay, so let me, let me ask this question before the next. How many of us know the tickets to going to heaven? Who knows that? Because I saw many hands up now. So how many of us know the ticket to going to heaven? Yes, my dear. Believing in Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Is she correct? Is she correct? Okay, believing in Jesus Christ. What's the other part of it? Righteousness, okay. So accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior, right? Is that the ticket to going to heaven? Is that the ticket to going to heaven? Aha. All right. So if my next question, which is the real question I want to ask, if accepting Jesus is the ticket to going to heaven, how many of you are born again or how many of you have that ticket? Let me see your hand confidently. Okay. There are many people. So, meaning, if Christ comes for his own now, all of you that raised your hand are gone, right? Okay. Now, if I would do a census and ask, I think, how many people have had this ticket for a while? Meaning, you have accepted Christ for a period of time before now. Let me see your hand also. I'm checking. Are you not confident again? Or you think I want to catch you somewhere? I'm not catching you anywhere. <laughs> I'm not catching you anywhere. <laughs> okay. So, quite a number of us that have had the ticket. We've had it for a while. Correct? Okay, 
Now, I want you to ask, I want to ask you this question, and I also want you to ask yourself, if Jesus, if God's intention, the Bible says that it's the Lord is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should do what? All should do what? All should do what? Ah, I don't think I'm hearing correctly. Pastor Ama and uh, Shade, where are you? Where is Shade? I don't stand up. Oh, you don't know they are following your hand like this. It's your hand they are following, not me. It's you and your pastor. <laughs> because it means you are not teaching them. <laughs> eh? Oh, yeah, put up that scripture for me. You know me, I, I can stop my message and everything when I see that there are some basic things we don't get. Put up that scripture. Where's this? Who can tell me the scripture I'm looking for? Sorry? Beautiful. Can we put our hands together for her? So put up Second Peter three nine. Let's see if she's correct. We don't clap for you. We can we can retrieve it back. Huh? Oga, okay. Can we see it? Is that the scripture? That's what I'm par- I was paraphrasing. It says the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should what? Perish, but that all should do what? So God is not willing that any should perish, but that what? All, everyone should come to what? Repentance, should come to Christ Jesus. All right? So, please, take this down very well and hold it. This was not part of my message, but I had to delve into it because you guys couldn't answer me a very basic thing. So, if we all agree that God's plan is that no one, no one should actually go to hell from that scripture, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. God's purpose is that nobody should what? Perish. But that all should do what? Come to repentance. Are you following me? And now we say we have the ticket to get to heaven. My question is this. Since you got born again or since you obtained the ticket for heaven, why has God not taken you to heaven? Peace said, ah. So peace, let me start with you. Since you got born again, you have your ticket, right? So why has God not taken you? 
who, who are my helpers? Eh? Uh-huh. Amen. All right. Please, I, I want us to I want us to go through this message like this, so that at the end of the day, we can be on the same page. So, you're born again, right? You have your ticket. Like they used to say, if trumpets sound now, papara papa, you don't disappear, leave your beautiful husband, and even me preaching to you, you don't jackpa, right? So, since you have your ticket, why has God not taken you away? Well, I, I think because we still have responsibilities here on earth to do. That's why. Plus, yeah, I don't want to die, so. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear that last part. <laughs> I don't want to die, so. <laughs> All right. So you have your ticket. Must you die before you go to heaven? I want to bring in controversy, right? <laughs> the Bible's actually said about Enoch that Enoch walked with God so much that God said, Enoch, oh yeah, just they come. Gave him a new body and took him. Anyway, that's matter for another day. So you said you think God has not taken you immediately because what? You have a responsibility. Is that true? Is that correct? Are you sure? Okay. Now, if this is true or if this is correct, what you're telling me is that God needs you on earth. Is that true? Does God really need you? Help me ask your neighbor, does you, you, as you be, does God need you? I want you to ask yourself, as you day, many of you to even wake up to come to church, eh? On Sunday morning, eh? It's Ah, no, no, no. Ah, there's traffic. Some of you, the Holy Spirit will tell you, just tell this person about Jesus. Mm. Even when he slaps your mouth, you will still hold your mouth like this. So please help me ask yourself now, does God really need you? So that God can separate those he really needs and the rest of us. The rest of us, we know ourselves. Whether God really needs us so that if God doesn't need you, what are you doing here? Or you get extra work where devil they use you to. Hallelujah. I need you to ask yourself, does God really need you here on earth? Hmm? Does God really need you? So why? Why does he need you? Have you ever asked yourself, why does God need you? 
my brother, why does God need you on earth? God needs you to achieve his purpose for your life. I'm trying to see if it sounds or can you explain? Okay. Um, what I mean is, you know, we all came to this um, world or this earth with a different purpose. I mean, to achieve different goals for our life. Um, for instance, let me give you an instance. Like, okay, um, being a pastor, you are here on purpose to, to achieve God's purpose for your life because you are called by God. That's what I mean. Okay, so the reason why God has not taken me away is because God needs me to preach. Or yes. to teach you about his word. I'm trying to... The reason why you're sitting on it up to, up to today is because you have not fulfilled that purpose. I've not fulfilled it. Yes. Okay, so who determines when I'm done? God Almighty. God. Yes, sir. Are you sure? Nice. Please, can we put our hands together for you? Okay. Thank you. So God really needs you. He needs you to fulfill purpose on earth. I don't like that word purpose. It, it, it sounds very big. So basically, who can remember the definition I gave purpose last year? I spoke on purpose last year. Who can remember the definition? If you remember it, <laughs> I want to attach something to it. <laughs> Maybe that would juggle your memory. Who can remember? We have all forgotten. Ah. Okay, if you remember it right now, you go home with 20K. At least that will cover lunch. You remember exactly as I said it. And it's very simple. Very simple. When I talked about our plans, our purpose, and God's will for our lives. The message is on YouTube. Who can remember what I said purpose was? <clears throat> going? <laughs> I should not go. I'm going. <laughs> going. Going. Gone. Very simple. I said very vividly, and I would say it again. Purpose is what you do for God for whose benefit? For whose benefit? For the benefit of another human being. Period. 
So whatever you do for God, the reason you're doing it is not because someone is challenging you to do it. The reason you're doing it is not because um, you have something personal you're gaining from it. The reason you're doing it is because deep down within you, you're convinced that you can change something or you can make a change concerning a situation or something. And so, because you're doing it with that conviction, guess what? You're automatically doing it for who? Not because anybody is paying you. Not because anybody is incentivizing you to do it. But who benefits? Who benefits? Man. Your neighbor. Someone who cannot afford it. Someone who cannot ordinarily receive or get that thing. That's purpose. So if I borrow what you have said, one of the reasons God has kept you on earth or kept you to this time, even though you had the ticket to go and meet him, is so that you can every day wake up and do something that will glorify God for whose benefit? For someone's benefit. And that's why the Bible says, let your light what? So shine that men will see what? Your good works and then do what? Glorify your father. Because they know your good works is not driven by your selfish interest. So you see, that's what differentiates your good works from many other people who do works. Are you following me? There are many people who do works. There are many people who do charity. There are many people who do nice things. But those are not good works. A lot of them are not purpose-driven. They are not good works. What separates good work that glorifies God is the fact that it's purpose-driven. Anyway, let me not change my message today. But thank you for that. So, any other person? My sister, let me come back to you. I started with you. <laughs> Alright, so why are you still on earth? I know you have a lovely kid and a handsome husband. Is that the only reason you are still alive? So why are you still around? Good morning. Um, I think I'll just, I think I'll go with what he said. Unfulfilled plans of God's work in my life. All right, thank you. So, any other person, why are you still around? Good morning. In my little understanding, I want to use a life reality to explain it. 
purchasing a ticket doesn't guarantee your movement. When Sorry? you go to purchasing a ticket doesn't guarantee your movement. Okay. You can just like life itself, you can go buy a ticket to travel, your flight might be cancelled, or the boss says they are not going anymore. So you I think it's time and responsibility. When the time is not yet up, you are not going. If I get a ticket that says I'm leaving by 6 o'clock and their time is not yet up to 6 o'clock, that means I'm not leaving. I have to wait. Even if I'm there by 4, I have to wait till 6. It's not yet time. Okay. Another thing is responsibility. When you get to the border or any place that you are going, like let's say you're flying to Canada, you get there. When you get to the airport there, it's your responsibility to be there when your bag is checking in. Nobody is going to do that for you. So you have that responsibility. It's you, but nobody else. So I believe that time and responsibility is what is still keeping some of us. All right, that's good. But what I'm trying to first of all bring out is not what you're saying yet. I appreciate what you've said. But I want us to, what I'm trying to do first of all is to make us realize why we're still here. Because I hope you know you are not, even though you have your ticket to go to heaven, you are not the one determining when you go. So someone is determining that, right? Yes. And who is that? We've all agreed that's God, right? Yes. Aha. So, do you know why you are still or he's holding on from allowing you to come? Because I have an unfulfilled responsibilities. Yeah. So, we all have that surface knowledge of it. But do we really know? Thank you. Because a lot of us don't behave like we do. Are you with me? Uncle Sami wants to say something. Let me allow him quickly. Because it seems a lot of us don't really understand why or why God has held on from so, sorry. Okay, so basically, I think, <clears throat> in my opinion, we are not supposed to go alone. We are supposed to come with people, preach the gospel, make sure that market uh, interns, you know, come with two people. <laughs> Correct. But basically, that's it. You're not supposed to go alone. Come alone, okay. But that's your we, responsibility. I, I totally agree with you. In fact, we're already jumping ahead into my message, but I don't want us to enter that message first until it enter our head. Say we get something to do. It's like a parent who is going out and tells maybe the eldest child in the house that please stay back and take care of the kids. I'm going to come back in an hour's time. And all the child sees or that eldest son sees is the fact that 
my dad or my mom did not allow me to do what? Follow them. How many of us have been in such situations where we're growing up? Many of us. But the reason your parents refused you from following them is so that you can do what? Stay back and take care of your younger ones. True or false? But how many of us just relinquish that responsibility and go and do whatever we like? So as our parents is going, we take off. And then the siblings are like, Christmas came early. (laughs) And so they do and undo. And then your parent comes back and is like, Osawe, what happened? And Osawe thought, ah, you refused me to go with you, so I decided to do what? Go on my own. Are you following me? Are you following me? Because the truth is, the way a lot of us live our lives is as if we have absolutely no responsibility when it comes to the Christian faith. Jesus has paid the price, yes or no? The sin you are going to sin in 20 years time, has he paid it or not? So let's flanger now. That's what a lot of us, that's the mindset a lot of us approach Christianity or the faith with. Some of us, I, if, I, if I begin to ask quite real, and you see, that's why I'm trying hard not to preach at you. But for us to reason together and understand this. Because you really begin to ask yourself basic life's questions. In your everyday job, in, in the place where you are, in your home, or the people around you where you live, what's your interaction like? What's your communication like? Do you live your life or even just as yourself in even the, the, the will I say the, the household where God has put you in, what do you take as your responsibility? What are you doing? Do you live carelessly or you actually are responsible for something and someone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There's something I've discovered, especially when it comes to Christianity. And I've been a Christian for quite a number of years. More than 30 years, much more. And I've seen that no matter how much you try to grow spiritually, there's a certain extent you get to 
And the only way to grow or to have communion with God or to enjoy a relationship with God is to serve others. Are you following me? Because many of us don't want to have a business to serve. A lot of us, look, and if even me talking to you, if you allow me, eh? Do you know where I will sit when I come to church? That place, that edge. I will just sit there, cross my leg. I will stroll in by 10.30 a.m. Eh? Give my offering. And by 10.45, I stand up. And I move home. Or I go and do other important things. Are you following me? So, I want you to ask yourself again. Why has God left me here on earth even though I have the ticket to heaven? Because until you realize and begin to understand that question as a Christian, you would never walk with God the way he wants you to walk with him. You would never experience the extent of service God wants you to give until you understand that question. You will never affect the number of lives God wants you to affect, both in church and in your everyday life, until you realize that there's a reason God has kept you here on earth, even though you have the ticket to heaven right now. Are you with me? So the next question I want you to ask yourself, but before you ask yourself, help me turn to your neighbor and ask them first. What's your service to humanity? What are you doing? Who are you serving? I'm asking you and I need you to ask yourself, who are you serving? Which person, what are you doing for someone that will count to God as service? Hallelujah. 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 Have I offended someone today? Huh? Are you sure? I can apologize for <laughs> Hallelujah. The truth is this. Today, a lot of sermons are being preached all over churches that tend to absorb or distance you and I from any kind of responsibility 
of the kingdom. And that is a lie. Are you following me? It's a lie of the devil. Because even God himself took up the responsibility of reconciling us back to himself. And you see, I will take this into our very first responsibility and I think I will stop there for today. The responsibility, the first responsibility I'm going to extray here in this next few weeks is the responsibility of soul winning. There are six I'm going to extray. It's in no way exhaustive. But I've just picked six out of the many that I think are very important. And the very first one strikes me very, it strikes me hard. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17. But before I read verse 17, I will quickly want to read um, the preceding scriptures. From verse 9. It says, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well pleasing to him, that's to God. For we must all appear where before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body, meaning we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to account for everything we have done while here on earth. Are you following me? Are you following me? And it says that whether it be what? Good or what? Or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we do what? We persuade men. Meaning one of the driving force or the driving factors to you telling somebody about Christ is because you understand that if you don't tell them about Christ, they are going to perish. And so you do what? You persuade them out of the life of sin and into righteousness. <coughs> Hallelujah. It says we persuade men, but we are well known to God. And I also trust are well known in your consciences. Verse 12 says, For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we were beside ourselves, it's for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it's for you. For the love of Christ does what? Compels us. What does it compel us to do? 
What does the love of Christ compel us to do? Because we judge thus that if one died for all, then what? All died. So we talk to people about Christ to make them understand that they should no longer live for themselves, that Christ has what? Died for them. And they should come to live for Christ. Verse 16 says, Therefore from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him no longer Thus, and verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is what is in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have what? Passed away. And behold, all things have become what? New. It doesn't stop there. It goes in verse 18 to says, now all things are what? Of God who took the responsibility, first of all, to reconcile you to himself. Are you with me? God took the responsibility to reconcile whom? You to himself. And after reconciling you to himself, he has now done what? Given you the responsibility, that same responsibility to reconcile Orders to him. Are you with me? Are you with me? So your first responsibility as a Christian and as a believer is to do what? Reconcile other people to whom? To God. He says, now all things are of God who has reconciled to himself, us to himself, through Jesus Christ. And had given us the ministry of what? Has given us the ministry of what? Of reconciliation. That is God in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed the word of reconciliation to whom? To you. Everybody say to me, God has given me the ministry of reconciliation. God has given me the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as a believer, that is your first responsibility to reconcile your neighbor, to reconcile people that come around you to God. Not imputing their sins to them. Are you with me? Not threatening them by their sins, even though we know the terror of God. Because a lot of us forget that God is also a consuming fire. Yes, the same loving God is also what? A consuming fire. But I showed you 
First Peter 3, 9. To see that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to what? To repentance. Are you with me? But guess what? God would not achieve that purpose unless you and I take up that responsibility. Unless you and I act on it, nothing would happen. Praise the Lord. Colossians 1.28 says, Him will preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in whom? In Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 10 verse 14 to 17 quickly. Romans 10, 14 to 17. It says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? The harlots out there, how would they call on Christ? When somebody who knows better stays with them but cannot tell them about Christ. The Yahoo boys, how would they call on Christ when someone who stays next door to them understands what they do but do not preach Christ to them? Are you with me? Because it seems that conveniently we have all relinquished this message or this responsibility of reconciling men to Christ to some preachers alone. Pastor. Pastor Amma. Blessed, I don't leave only you to preach Christ. <laughs> it's Pastor Amma's work, right? Even uh-huh. Shadi. <laughs> But you see, reconciling men to Christ is not, the, is not the responsibility of pastors, actually. The responsibility of pastors is to tell you. Say, I am responsible for bringing men to God. Say to your neighbor, you are responsible for bringing people to Christ. Say, I am responsible to tell people about God's love. It's our responsibility. And that's one of the key reasons. One of the key reasons we're still here on earth even though we have the ticket to heaven. Are you with me this morning? He says, how would they know if nobody comes to talk to them? If nobody comes to preach to them? He said, how would they believe in whom they have not what? Heard. How would they hear without a preacher? 
Help me turn to your neighbor. Look at them very well. Eyeball to eyeball. Look at them first. Look at them well. And say, now you, the Bible, they talk about. You are the preacher. Ah, madam, I didn't say, uh -uh. I didn't say you should do that one. (laughs) Eh? Help me look at them again and say, now you, the Bible, they talk about. You are the preacher. You are the preacher. Talk to people about the love of Christ. Don't impute their sins to them. If you talk to them about their sins, you know what will happen? They'll run away. Yes, they'll run away. The Archbishop Bansimi Dahosa said once, he said, catch the fish before you wash it. Don't wash the fish while you are still in the river. It will swim and leave your hand. When you catch it, you take it home, then you wash it. Are you with me? Tell them about God's love. Hallelujah. Romans 14, Romans 10 verse um, verse 15b. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who what? Preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. Proverbs 10, Proverbs 11 verse 30. It says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he who wins souls is what? Are you a wise person? Are you wise? Then win a soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to rise up on our feet this morning. I'm going to end here. And I'm going to continue next week. God has given every one of us the responsibility and the mandate of salvation. He has given us the responsibility and the mandate, thank you, of soul winning. Of bringing others to Christ. Of telling people who we even think are not worthy of it. To tell them about God's love. I don't know if you have been fulfilling that responsibility. But this is your time to tell God, Father, I'm sorry I have not met up to this standard of yours. Because it's God's standard. It's his call to us. Every one of us. Not pastors alone. Every one of us. is a responsibility to every one of us. And let me tell you, if you're aligned to it, God will bring people your way from time to time that he would also prompt in your heart and in your spirit for you to share God's love with them. We need to wake up to our responsibility. As Christians, as believers, we need to wake up to our responsibility. 
to tell people about Christ. To teach people about Christ. It's the responsibility of a believer and of the kingdom. You cannot say you're a believer and yet every opportunity God presents your way to share the gospel with someone, you relinquish it. No. We must stand up to our responsibility both here in Nigeria and here on earth. That's why we're here. That's why we have not died. That's why we have not gone to meet the Father. So I want you this morning to say heartfelt prayer to the Holy Ghost. Say heartfelt prayer to God. Tell him, this is you and him. That Father, I commit myself to obeying and aligning with this responsibility. That as you bring people my way who need to hear the gospel, I will take the opportunity and I will summon the courage to share God's love with them. The scripture talks about persuading men. Persuading people. Meaning it's, it's work you are exhibiting to persuade someone to come to Christ. To persuade them to leave their old ways and embrace the love of God. It's your responsibility. Like Uncle Somi said, God is not expecting you to come alone. Because truly he's going to ask you how many did you tell about the good news? How many did you tell about the gospel? How many did you tell about Christ? And you see, there are diverse ways for some of you. He may prompt you early in the morning to wake up and do a town cry. For some of you, you may just be in the bus with the next person who looks as if the world has come to an end. For some of you, it may be a colleague in the office who is ready to end it all. For some of you, it may be a neighbor who you think, oh, has everything okay, but this person is dying because they have no Christ in them. And we're not talking about church. We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about going to church. It's not going to church. Anyone can tell you I'm a Christian and I go to church. But we're talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know when Christ is in someone. Because their outlook to life is different. God is counting on you to be a vessel that would tell someone about Christ. It's your responsibility.
Heavenly Father, we thank you. We're grateful to you for the words that we've had today. And we align ourselves before you this morning. That we, O oh God, would take up the responsibility of soul winning. Your word says, how would they hear if nobody preaches to them, if nobody tells them about Christ? And none of us have an excuse because the moment we received you as our Lord and Savior, you gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Help us, O oh God. To be courageous enough to speak to others about Jesus. To speak to others about the love of Christ. To speak to others about the gospel of Christ. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.